Good morning on January 15th, 2021. Today's episode is called, Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. Do we mean it? That's all the title. Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. Do we mean it? Now, most people have heard the Lord's Prayer. In that section of the prayer that says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We repeat it without thinking about what it might entail. Ask yourself, when this kingdom comes, am I sure I'm ready for it? When his will is done, can I handle it? It's not just words on paper. It's a serious, serious prayer. Now we who are saved believe his kingdom is coming and we know it is. And his will will get done one way or the other to fulfill all that his word says. That includes the book of Revelation. Now one thing I really feel in my spirit is that God is weeding out all the dead weight and he's placing new determined souls for Christ who won't back down to the world. Many professing Christians have been abandoning the faith as was predicted in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 from the complete Jewish Bible says don't let anyone deceive you in any way for the day will not come until after the apostasy has come and the man who separates himself from Torah, which is God's law, has been revealed, the one destined for doom. Now before you get all twisted about God's law, we're not talking about the Ten Commandments because we know we're not under law anymore. But the fact of obeying God, period, is considered God's law. So saying the Antichrist is going to tear himself away from anything that has to do with God. He had nothing to do with it. Now the word apostasy. The term apostasy comes from the Greek word apostasia. Which means defection, departure, revolt, or rebellion. It's associated with turning away from and being rebellious against the Christian faith. Now, generations come and generations go, but God's word stands forever. There are many cultures and customs in the world, and for followers of Christ in America to think that we have the only way to worship God, that's naive. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is only one way to God, but American churches are not the only ones on earth Worshiping God correctly. A lot, a lot of them have missed the boat. A lot of American churches still ain't doing it right. Now, I guess the United States is very instrumental in getting the gospel spread throughout America and the world. But we are not the end all, the be all. The Word of God is a Hebraic book from the other side of the world. Let's not forget that.
It's not an American book, it's not a European book. So get that out of your head. As the media and the untaped world continue to trash followers of Christ and evangelicals, it's a sign that we're pretty deep into the last days. Now, when I read about 30% of evangelicals polled, they don't think that Jesus is the Son of God. And costumes are getting deprogrammed from believing that there is a God. And people who stand up for the Word of God can lose their business, their home, their good reputation, and even their life. And that the Bible is now considered a dangerous book that is full of hate speech. When I see all that together, like it is now, I know we're in the end times. You might say, but evangelicals back Trump, uh, back Trump. Do you know how many evangelicals are in this country? Do you really think every preacher under heaven backed him? Come on now, be fair. Let's be fair. All right. You can't lump them all in the same in the same barrel. It ain't gonna work. As I said before, Trump is like King Jehu in the Bible. He wasn't a politician, and he was only chosen to do a certain job. Trump was sent to do a few specific jobs. He did them. Now it's time to get right with God and get out. What specific things? According to prophecy, Jerusalem has to be the capital of Israel before Jesus comes back. That's done. Conservative judges won't pass abortion laws, making it easier to promote abortion. Done. Preachers can use, excuse me, preachers can pray using Jesus' name if they wish and don't have to be so general. Done. Now, does Trump know that he was being used by God in certain instances? Of course not. He's too arrogant, self-centered, he's a bully, and he's the wrong kind of prideful. He's all that, he is all that, so he wouldn't know it's being used by God. But God's will in earth is going to get done as in heaven. Now, the same thing might happen with Biden. When he might want to do something one way, God could take it in a whole other direction. God's will is bigger than any leader of a nation. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 in the NIV. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. That's right. So, excuse me. So don't put your trust in Biden either. You say, well, I'm never going to trust Trump. Well, don't put your trust in Biden or Harris either. Or AOC or Schumer or Pelosi. Or none of them. Or any, any Republicans either. Because why? Curse are those who put their trust in mere humans. I keep telling you over and over again, I'm apolitical. I'm for God, I'm not for a Republican, I'm not for a Democrat. I'm not for a Libertarian or any other political party. Can't stand them. 
the old bunch, the not old, most of them are a bunch of phonies. Now, leaders do not have to know God in order for God to carry out his agenda. I'll give you a couple of examples. In Jeremiah chapter 27, verse 5 and 6 from the NLT, it was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a bad king, very ruthless. But God said, he's my servant, because he's going to carry out the plans that I have. Another one, which we just talked about, 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 to 10 from the NLT, that's about Jehu. He was sent to destroy the house of Ahab and Jezebel. They were also bad people. So God used somebody bad to get rid of somebody bad. Another one, Isaiah chapter 36 through chapter 37, verses 1 to 38 from the NLT. That's about Zennacherib, the king of Assyria. He was bad too. And God let him let 185,000 of his soldiers die overnight. Because God said he was going to protect Jerusalem at all costs. And he did. So there's four examples of people who wasn't living right, who didn't have God on their side, who didn't even care about God, but God used them for his agenda. Alright, here's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7a from the NIV. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of the government and peace, there will be no end. So when he comes back, his government will rule. No more Democrat, Republican, far left, far right, liberals, conservatives, libertarians, etc. They had their time now. They're messing up. They have messed it up really. For 244 plus years, this time is winding up. That's why you see the same old, same old things happen. They, they try to use different words, but it's the same old, same old stuff. Nothing's going to change. It's a revolving door. Just waiting for Jesus to come back. Now, as far as God's kingdom being set up, here's Psalms 145 and 13 from the LT. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. And Daniel 27, excuse me, Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, with the NLT. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all the rulers will serve and obey him. That's futuristic. It's coming to time. Like I said, all nations are going to bow before the Lord. And they're going to obey Him. So they're on borrowed time right now. Because you can pull your trust behind Biden and Harris if you want. But their reign is going to end too. This is going to be a very interesting for you. Like my friend said, okay, it's Biden's turn. That's all it is. It's his turn. That's all it is. It's not no miraculous 
uh, coming together of America. If you're looking for that, forget it. It's just his turn, that's all. It's his chance to do something. All right, it's very easy to dismiss all this as a fairy tale. But ask yourself one thing. Can you prove this is a fairy tale? And if you feel that way, what is your reasoning? Why? Why do you feel it's a fairy tale? If anyone says, well, it's not logical, guess what? It's not supposed to be. The things of God are not going to be figured out by people's logic. Remember, He's spiritual. We were made flesh. That means a different mindset from one another. He thinks different than we think. Like kingdom come, that will be done, huh? One dangerous thing we might do is that we believe that at the time we say it. But then once we get around other people, we see things that take God out of the solution. In other words, we're too weak to stand up for God. Oh, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, once we're around other people, we might start saying and agreeing with statements like, Well, I hope Biden can turn things around. Or, I wonder why all these bad things are happening. Or, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, we keep on praying... But we assume that God is light years away because the earth keeps suffering. But contrary to that thinking, he says in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15b, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who was contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. So as big as God is, he dwells in the human heart if you want to give your heart to him. Now please understand, this is tough love, not human hate. People are so quick to throw that word out there. Hate, 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 hate. Nobody hates you, okay? This is tough love we're giving you. Once again... That when I see, I'll, once again, I'll say that when I see how many things such as commands and promises and warnings and blessings are written in the book that we call the Bible, it amazes me that we find our favorite section or verses of the Bible and only stay with those. It keeps us in our comfort zone. But this following verse should make us realize that we need the tough sounding verses as well as the soft, cuddly ones. Matthew, St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, from the NIV. Excuse me. Jesus answered, It is written, Man and woman, of course, shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you see how thick a Bible is. So every word that comes from out of God, there's a lot of words he said in there. Yeah, there's stories in there too, but there's also a lot of um, commands, promises, warnings, and blessings. 
So we have to live, uh, live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So let's make it our business to not only recite the Lord's Prayer, but to reflect on the words as we say them. This is not a prayer of protection, but of reverence to God and wanting His will to be done. So when you mean what you say, it might affect your life in a way you weren't expecting. So know what you're saying and mean what you say when you say it. Now, a good protection scripture is Psalm 91 and also Psalms 23. These are for believers in Christ, not just anybody. If anyone is self-seeking, a believer in religion, but not the true and living God, etc., those scriptures won't do anything for you. When I leave this world, I want to be empty, and I want the living to be full. Many folks become full of the knowledge of God now. Excuse me. May folks now become full of the knowledge of God while I'm still here. And even though no one seems interested right now, one day people will need this. A prayer of mine, Lord help us. How long? Have mercy once again and please don't let captivity or war or economic collapse be our ruin. Turn the hearts of people into your direction. Yet not our will, because it hasn't worked. But your will will be done. We want God's will to be done. May God bless you and have a smile upon you. And thank God for your listening. Stay encouraged and stay with the Lord by all means.